0: Have you heard of a Siamese flying fish? No. So Siamese flying fish are these really colorful fish that can actually breathe air, which is amazing. But they also have a problem, which is if you give them an abundance of food, they will eat till they die. They don't have that switch in their brain, which tells them maybe it's time to stop. Mm. And I'm using it as an analogy to talk about how humans are perpetually busy Because there's mm. just so much stuff to do That ultimately we're unable to make the choice not to do it Which means that when faced with all of the different activities that we have in front of us We just can't help ourselves but to continue going it's crazy
1: It's a perfect analogy Perfect
0: analogy i appreciate it um but yeah i'm I'm doing i'm doing okay i am looking forward to having a more quiet week compared to the last couple of weeks i've been doing a lot of um work both inside and outside of um my my day job so yeah very grateful hopefully for a more peaceful one Uh, i'm going to be going to an arts uh fair this afternoon with my wife because our house is bare and we need art apparently so yeah i don't know what that makes me does that that definitely sounds very middle class um yes normally in 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 my house growing up with mum there were only two types of pictures in my in my house on my wall there were pictures of family and pictures of jesus that was it. You had pictures of family and you had pictures of a white Jesus.
1: That's it. That um, is it.
0: So, yeah, this is going to be a new frontier with me, but I'm going to pretend like I, I, I belong there, like I'm one of them.
1: Oh, wow. We, we've got to appreciate the, the third. So there's always that calendar of someone's 60th birthday who wasn't really family, <laughs> but she was.
0: yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and the, pic- the picture is well, of her maybe 20 years younger.
1: 20 years younger. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Good times. It's, it's amazing because you're right. that I Recently, I've tried to stop using the word busy because mm. it's, I've, it's been made aware to me that people use that in different contexts. So when I use the word busy, it's actually a positive thing mm. by and large even though they can come with pain, but some people use it as a, a justification for not getting things done. Mm. And sometimes you might not be able to distinguish between the two. Um, so I remember catching myself when my line manager mentioned, yesterday, how are you doing? And I stumbled across what I was going to say because i remember him critiquing someone who he knows is ineffective saying that they were busy mm. there's one of those instances where you, you receive feedback and it it does challenge the way you think so is it that i'm going to start saying yes yeah, no, yeah, it's been a really productive week um or it, it's been a week of great gains which i think it really shifts the tone and the future narrative of the conversation
0: yeah, it's one of those words that has kind of lost meaning over time. Like, fine. How you doing? I'm fine. Mm. How was your weekend? Yeah, it was fine. Busy is just one of those catch-all terms. Everybody's busy, apparently. And I think, yes. in a sense, it's a way of covering over or smoothing over our own insecurity. Not for everybody. But part of the connotation behind saying that you're busy is also saying that you're important yeah, how's your week been it's, it's been busy which means that i have been in demand and i've had to deliver um and i'm like you some of these people when they tell me that they're busy and too busy to have done my work my view is what else could you have been doing <laughs> how could you tell me that you're busy but you weren't busy doing the one thing that i asked you to do yeah. And part of me wants to delve into that. It's like, give me a play by play of the last four days so that I can understand what busy means to you. Yeah. Um but I'm I'm restraining myself from that perspective just yet.
1: Which is wise, uh leadership. Let's forgive them for not being perfect because we are not. No.
0: Hmm. Speaking of busy or potentially being less busy, um, It looks like there is a really promising discussion about giving the British public uh, an extra day off if England, who are playing uh, tonight... So by the time people hear this, they would have known whether England has won or not, and this conversation can go further. But if England wins the Euro 2020 final... What are your thoughts behind that? Do you think it's a good idea?
1: Well, I would like my post to be delivered tomorrow. It's Sunday, by the way. Mm. Um, I would like my post to be delivered (laughs) on Monday. I would like all service people to, you know, fulfill the roles that they're going to fulfill for me. I would like Mm -hmm. 999 to pick up if if I need to call them. (laughs) And for that reason, (laughs) I understand it. (laughs) Because... If we do win, and it, there isn't a public holiday tomorrow, the shoddiness in services that people might receive. <laughs> uh, but the, you know what? The thing is, there won't, be, there won't be a day
0: off tomorrow. So that would be down the line. I think some companies have said, if we win, you can come in an hour late, or you can come in a couple hours late, which is fine. But I think they're looking at kind of a further down the line holiday in, in okay. celebration. Okay, um, but I am completely in agreement with you. We're gonna see if we win, we're gonna see some of the worst service. <laughs> there's gonna be people sitting at tills in the supermarket that are just nodding <laughs> off. Oh, I can see it
1: now. Um, yeah, but the positive, I would say is there's something incredible at sport we could really delve into this, and I don't want to take us on a tangent, but about just just human beings pushing themselves to their their maximum, their optimum potential, and everyone else, like, just living through them vicariously Mm. and urging them on and critiquing them when they're not getting it right, even though they couldn't do it themselves. But which brings large groups, communities, nations together and is genuinely positive. And I think... Leaders of any nation must capitalize on that. (laughs) Like you could be going through um, political turmoil, there could could be a a coup in your nation. But if the national team is winning, it can just smooth over the cracks for a period of time and allow you to maybe live a little bit longer, metaphorically, and just regroup.
0: The Romans or the ancient Romans, should I say, they understood this perfectly. Mm. So whenever there was strife or difficulty or plagues or economic uncertainty in the country, the emperors would put on the gladiator games. Mm. And the gladiator games were a way of almost distracting people from their day-to-day lives. And similar to the way that you have young children who put on a storage kit or a Harry Kane kit and they run around and they feel empowered. You had young people back then, but even older people, to be honest, well, men are just big kids anyway, pretending as if they were the gladiators yes, and living vicariously through them. There was actually even a famous emperor, Commodus, who, who was a gladiator, who stepped into the ring.
1: That would have been interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure it was fixed, of course, because you're supposed to be running running the nation. But he stepped into the to, to the Colosseum and fought, um, and I think these people, even as you know, as, as, as early as you know, hundred BC, understood the importance of giving a community, a society, a an outlet almost a carnal, visceral outlet for them to put their worries aside. Um, A unifying feeling of joy. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Yeah, and I I think when it comes to bank holidays, the UK is uh, severely wanting... Our bank holiday system is rubbish compared to other countries. I heard that in some of these... um, Nordic countries they have 15 bank holidays in the year 15? and then you, 15 wow but then you could argue okay I, I know Italy's got more bank holidays than us but then you could argue that maybe maybe that's why the economy is down the <laughs> toilet
1: <laughs> most definitely mm.
0: but you, you said something about that joy what was that phrase again? it was a really cool phrase a unifying feeling of joy The unifying feeling of joy. I love that. And that's what I want to talk about today. The unifying feeling of joy and how necessary that is to our performance, our delivery, our our aspirations, our mental health. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Expensive Lessons where company directors delve into the lessons that they've learned over their experiences, journeys, running, uh, and succeeding and failing in business and hopefully sharing some some gems that can help you get through the week or at least inspire and encourage you um today we're talking about joy um you may remember from our last episode we talked about being serious and um how most of you who don't appreciate our serious people are wrong are just wrong Um, but we're gonna we're gonna share an olive branch for you today and talked about the importance of joy and and how we need to ensure that it plays a significant role in our life and you talked about that that phrase which i I think it's it's really impressive you know unifying joy and that's something that joy does Mm. but before we do that, I just want to maybe take a step back because we're using the word joy rather than the word happiness. And I think we're we're gonna be potentially using some of those phrases interchangeably yes. as we go on. And and definitely people listening may use those phrases interchangeably. So if you would, how would you how would you distinguish between the two? What are we talking about when we talk about joy versus happiness?
1: I agree Um, Defining them is crucial Because they are used interchangeably However, I do believe they are distinctly different Mm. So I would argue that joy is something which is inherent And not necessarily attributed to external factors Um, So by default Happiness often is Attributed to external factors Mm. Um, So case in point Today, the English team will bring a great deal of happiness to the nation or sorrow because it's an external factor. We are not playing on that pitch. We cannot influence the game. Um, And that's a a shout out to those who might be taking lasers to Wembley to try to distract goalkeepers doing penalty shootouts. We can't influence it. So whatever happens um, is external to us, but will bring about happiness or sorrow. Uh, People will leave that game sorrowful on one of those sides either the italian team or the english team and some of those sorrowful people will leave with sorrow but joy internally mm. there is a, an internal sense of identity security think about maslow's hierarchy of needs security affirmation purpose within them which they mm. might themselves not be able to articulate and when they do attempt to they might say "Well, i'm just happy as a person, this is just me. Um, Even though they feel sorrowful, even though they feel that emotion based upon the event. Unfortunately, there are others who, the external factor of one of those teams losing, leading to sorrow, might not be married with internal joy. And this is, and and forgive me for my assertion here, Um, I'm not a medical doctor, this is why I believe we have many instances of self-harm and suicide. It is, it's is—it's not necessarily a lack of happiness, but it's a lack of happiness and a lack of internal joy. When Arsenal win, mm. I'm happy. When they lose, it, it can affect my day. I'm growing, forgive me, mm. but it doesn't impact my joy. That is not to say that I'm better than anyone else.
0: Um, but it is to say no, you do need to. You said you're growing. You need to grow out of being an Arsenal fan. I think that's something that we can we can all agree. Listening,
1: listen. So I I am pledged to the Arsenal. Um, side mm. note: My four year old son came home with a Spurs sock. I was doing his laundry on morning. I found it. I lost it. Burned it. it I, yeah, I, I burn lost it, it completely. Mm. But, but I digress. <laughs>
0: no you've you, you've you've captured a couple of really important concepts I think for me um one one side note did you know that people who support football teams or men who support football teams who regularly lose have a lower sperm count <laughs> on average? I think that's just wild that's just wild and I'm guessing yeah. there's something to do. <laughs> i'm guessing it's something to do with the kind of release of endorphins mm. or hormones in your body yes. v- when you when you regularly experience that kind of hit of victory versus if you're constantly just just, just been, getting
1: knocked just back beaten. <laughs> and you accept yeah. it it's another day yeah
0: so another argument for you arsenal fans to just you know wow. jump ship or d- do something I say this as a Liverpool fan, and we've only been starting winning stuff since Tuesday, so I can't really talk. Um, but when you were speaking about the differences between joy and happiness, one thing that stood out to me is the term contentment, which is something I use quite a lot, but I realised that contentment has some some maybe negative attributes i think people maybe when they hear the con- the word contentment they have this picture of somebody who's maybe stone-faced and just accepting of the world regardless of what's happening um but I'd, i i'd use a different term to maybe help distinguish between happiness and joy based on what you've um discussed and i would use the word gratitude
1: mm-hmm.
0: i think when you talk about the people who can have joy in the face of sorrow in the face of defeat it's because i think they have a high level of gratitude for the situation they are able to spin even difficult situations like england getting to the final and losing into some form of positive well you know what we actually haven't been to a final in almost 50, in in almost 60 years and the team played fantastic and I got to watch this with my family and it brought everybody together. And, you know, where, where there's a new sense of kind of patriotism. Didn't you find those reasons to be grateful when you're seeking joy that you might not achieve if you're just seeking
1: happiness? Definitely. As you mentioned, for some, it comes through their own ability to place things within perspective whether that's through Hmm. through their own experiences, their own upbringing, or through their culture, I will say, whether this be something which is spiritual or purely part of the the community and how how Hmm. they have been brought up to live. There there are many um, (laughs) communities across the globe who live rather simplistic lives but when studies are produced on their happiness, it's deemed to be far greater. And, and, and again, could that be because of the, the factors which they acknowledge to be contributors to whether things are going well or going bad in their life? Oh, it rained. Positive. The crops can grow. Oh, mm. the, the sun's been out for too long. Oh, negative. We need water for our rice fields. So it's, it's what do we attribute to our happiness? And I think that's something that we all have to internally review and critically review, because again, it doesn't just impact ourselves, but those around us.
0: Yeah. So with that, that culture point, it reminds me of, I think three years ago now, I went to Nigeria and I got off the plane. I got into a car and was traveling to my family's house in Lagos. And on the way, I saw I saw multiple car crashes, but I saw one in particular where the, the two uh, people involved in a car crash were laughing amongst each other. They were just laughing. One slapped the other one on their back. And I was like, where am I? How is this possible? Why are you laughing? This guy just knocked into your car. And it just reminded me that culturally, a lot of our... Uh, perspectives are built based on how we see the world yes nigerians are a very joyous um people even when faced with a lot of hardship we love to laugh we love to have fun and to your point around perspective as well it's like in you know, common phrases that you will hear a nigerian say is you know it's a sunny day god is smiling of us on us, mm-hmm. on us oh, it's raining, well, we're just getting a, we're getting a shower of blessing. Yeah. So you can't lose. Yeah. Um, and I think seeing that amongst certain people, it makes you want to delve into, okay, so what is the, the framework that you've put up and how can people adopt it? Mm. You know, one, one other thing I'll say about Nigerians in general, not all Nigerians, because Nigerians are incredibly hardworking. In this country, but when you go to Nigeria, the pace of life in Nigeria is so different. It's so much slower. If you're walking fast, people ask you, "Why is this person walking so fast?" Mm. Um, they don't necessarily when they call you and you're in this country. They don't necessarily understand why they can't call you at two thirty in the afternoon. Why is this person not picking up my phone? Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's a different, it's a different pace of life. And whatever they're doing seems to facilitate
1: more joy. And you're heading to Nigeria soon. I am because my wife is desperate to recalibrate her life. I was was about to say seek more joy, but that might reveal a great deal about how good I am as a husband. But to recalibrate (laughs) life um, because of the, the frameworks which are there. And the systems which are there, um, for, formally and informally. Um, she's keen to have a, a real holiday where she's actually served, um, which will sound rather pretentious, but she wishes to pay to be served in all ways. Um, she wishes to adopt her older sister's life where she's on the phone to her and people are taking away things from her. Um, Whether that be Her her, her plate, her meal Or her her laundry Or her children In a positive light, i.e. putting them to bed But it's It's important in all cases For us to understand what will bring about Greater joy Now, For for my wife, case in point I think that trip Will bring about an increased sense of happiness It will be rest Mm. And thus on that trip I'm keen for us to really evaluate what will increase our joy? Because while she would like to maximize that trip and make it five weeks, which is a bit obscene for a holiday, in my opinion, um, <laughs> <laughs> it is short term. And offline, we were speaking about delayed gratification as a, a core pillar and element within joy. So if that trip is short term, what will life be like afterwards? So that conversation needs to be had there as to what will actually bring about greater joy for us Mm. i imagine um, as both of us get a great sense of joy from from a spiritual grounding and and purpose and identity um which gives us this notion that we are actually taken care for um, for her I, i would propose that an increased amount of joy will come from her not feeling the need To execute on everything. And that Mm. (laughs) physically people are doing that for her. So, okay, what systems and structures do we need to put in place for that to occur? So for you to have more time. If if joy for her can be whittled down to more time, okay, what can we do to create that?
0: Can you have joy in the absence of... Financial
1: freedom? Yes. Um, in the Western world, people would say no. Um, but I say yes immediately because of the world that we live in. <laughs> the, the, mm. I'm, I'm just pondering now at the percentage of people who are financially free in the world. It would be minute. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about less
0: than, I'd say less. I was tempted to say less than five percent yes i'm oh, sorry less than one percent but i think probably less than five percent is de- is de-
1: definitely a, a fair assessment definitely but then we ask the question of <clears throat> how many people would have joy in, and, and then if there's a question about okay how do you measure this and what's your sample size etc cetera, etc cetera. but if mm. if joy comes from a state of contentment gratitude satisfaction security a great deal of people have that without being financially free um, i i often admire in this season of european football the people who travel to support their country globally yeah but have common everyday careers and jobs um, but they are choosing to make that financial investment to do something which brings them actually would that be happiness or joy um i
0: think i think it's partially i think it's somewhat joy i think it depends on who you are though because if i and this is no shade but also shade um who's bottom of the table right now well who was bottom of the table in the last season
1: was it west brom West Brom.
0: So, if I've got a West Brom season ticket, I know where it is. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know where it is. Um, but I'm going to every match. I'm getting my pie. I'm getting my ale, and I'm just here to oh. spend some time with my friends. And even the process of screaming at this guy who's just missed um, an open goal is probably a, gives me a sense of joy. I've been doing this for years, and this is just what I enjoy doing. Um, I think if you're a Man United fan and you've got a season ticket, it's a different story because <laughs> you're used to winning. Um, so there is an expectation that they are going to perform. So I think it can be joy. I think if I look at some of the the people who have travelled during COVID to go and watch these matches have they been traveling because they expect to win the world cup or have they been traveling because this is an incredible momentous Mm -hmm. historical time that they want to have their stamp on it's funny because i remember seeing a clip during the england denmark match and i think it's cruel for what the cameramen did but they did it where there was this couple um a man and a woman who were red-eyed it was a danish couple they were red-eyed because England had just scored the second goal, um, and the, the camera zooms in on their face. Um, I thought that was unfair, but as these cu- as this couple realised that the camera was on them, their expressions changed immediately from yeah. Solomon sad to "Hey, we're on camera," yeah. um, and I think I think that's positive. I don't think that's just happiness because I think they even the sadness, in a sense. The sadness of losing means you really care about something. Yeah. It means you're along with the roller coaster. You're going through the um, the emotions. And similar to the way that you feel when you watch a really sad film, mm. a really well-executed sad film, and you're taken on an emotional journey. It's probably mm. the same way some of these people feel when they're engaging in mm. some activity which they may lose, but they just feel like they're the living part of their purpose. They're fulfilling their That's life
1: and, and that was the word which was just like revolving around my head purpose i think purpose is fundamental to joy and mm. then there is that huge question of how, how do you identify your purpose which i think for, for many it links to your passion if your passion is patriotism to f- and, and, and sport and to, to follow your team how can you serve in that passion And for them, it's to to be there, to be punctual, to be loud, to be noisy, to to support, to to encourage, to gesture. And if we are able to find that purpose and be comfortable in it, it's what helps us to endure during the hard times. Offline, we were speaking about a current school that I'm, I'm leading in and many of the standards which we're currently trying to improve and how I'm I'm actually keeping relics of the old things I'm seeing <laughs> which remind me of how much growth is possible um and what needs to be left behind but keeping them so that in 12 months time we can look back on them during that difficult period and say look okay look how much progress we've made this was our normal mm.
0: yeah but when I think about that, you know, purpose differs from person to person. Mm. So there are going to be individuals in your school setting who who think their role, your your role, for instance, is to help transform the school. Somebody's current purpose might more be aligned to helping to support you. That that they don't they may be less interested in the school transforming mm. and be more interested in you know helping you achieve your goal, and then there's some people whose purpose is to resist or even derail your objectives yes. at all costs. Um, and as sad as it may sound, they may be getting some serious joy from seeing the stress that you are experiencing in trying to make these changes, Definitely. Um, or happiness. I'd say not yes. joy. Um, But what that highlights to me is that how you experience joy will change from person to person. And we must be very conscious of that fact because it's a cautionary point, especially about thinking about who you spend time with. Um, Because if you are, let's say, for instance, married to a a day trader. I'm thinking about Wolf of Wall Street. Mm. Um. Your vision of joy, maybe we need to travel and go on holiday, and you know we need to find financial freedom so that we can feel relaxed and be served, etc. Their example, or what brings them joy, is being on the shop floor, and you know just just securing another multi-million-pound deal. Um. Yeah. And potentially, the roller coaster of losing investment, so they have to build it back up again, is the thing that they enjoy. I, and that's... Sorry,
1: go ahead. No, continue, please.
0: I, I was just going to say, and, and that's something that somebody else may find completely abhorrent or completely mm. kind of incongruent to who they are, but again if our joy is linked to our purpose we just need to be conscious that it means that the people around us can
1: experience joy in very different ways that example is a really interesting one because it it, it highlights how what might be the source of joy to one might be abhorrent to another Mm. and i think the reason why it's abhorrent to the the other is because there isn't um an alignment in what the true source of joy is. I think once we really burrow down, I would argue it's not winning that trade that brings about that sense of joy. I think that's that's happiness. I think happiness is on the surface, that's the that peak of the iceberg. Joy will be below the water. Mm. You've won that, that day of trading. Um, fist pumping, arms wide open, showing you are that guy, you are that girl. Why do you want to win it? And I think once you start borrowing into why that person wants to win it, then we can get closer to that that core of what their their purpose actually is. Mm. Is it that they're desperate to win because that is their means of ensuring that their family never go through experiences that they went through, never go through poverty? Is it is it purely security? is it that that win um, leads to them feeling as if they're actually able to get close to that point of showing others that they can do this because they want to teach it what is it at it's very very core and I think that's why many people struggle with purpose because they they don't see themselves as wildly gifted playing in a European final Um, they don't see themselves as having something which is really special, unique, but I, I don't necessarily think that our, our gift is necessarily our purpose. It could definitely be aligned. I and mean, this is where we were getting very, uh, very philosophical. Mm. It's what exactly at its core do you enjoy doing the most? And when you ask mm. why, then you're able to draw a little bit further. So my passion is education. I, I love it. Um, for so many reasons the, the ability to improve life chances is just that's it but then i'm i have other points of service whether that be in the church whether that be in the world of entrepreneurship and and when you whittle them all down what when we try to find the synergy it's supporting people to improve from one stage to the next i find great joy in seeing progress irrespective of whether that's in myself or in those who I'm serving if I can see that progress no matter how minute there's joy mm. um, so that then can be applied to anything it means that uh, I could go on this holiday and then and someone is in a completely different industry <laughs> to me is having certain challenges and we're having a conversation and through that conversation a coaching conversation I'm seeing that oh maybe their thinking is being refined and I've got no idea as to whether this is actually practically helping but the the signifiers I'm receiving from that person suggest that it is again there's an alignment so it's not necessarily the industry the product or the service it's, it's, it's that mm. the very core thing that gets you off
0: yeah to to distill it maybe a little further I'd say based on what you've said that joy is the thing joy is being able to do the thing that you would be doing if you had nothing but the clothes on your back and a meal in your belly mm. what would you be doing if you had nothing but food and shelter and basic food and shelter and for your for, from your perspective it is I would be educating I would be gathering the others um, and I would be providing them with insight which they would find valuable yeah. some people would say I would be building I'd be creating some some structures other people would be I would be planning I'd be organizing yeah. um. Some people would be i would be i'd be i'd be making sure everybody was okay i'd just be walking around and making sure that everybody was was looked after yeah um, and yeah, when you can distill it down to that, you know some people like to be the center of attention and to be um, uh, focused on other people like to play a more support role um, and some people just like to educate themselves some people would very comfortably step away from the the entire community um, keep them at a distance and just read or study mm-hmm. and learn with no intention of passing on their insight mm-hmm. but just for their own gratification um, but yet you, you said something earlier which I want to come back to which is joy helps us endure during hard times yes. and I want to relate this back to business a bit so you've mentioned that you're going to you're going to spend some time away and part of the reason for you spending some time away is because you want to recalibrate um and you 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 almost want to to get a bit of a reset so i guess my question to you is you know how are you how are you rationalizing your holiday in your mind like what what is the approach that you're going to take how important is it to you and yeah, what, what would you like to get from it?
1: I think for me, I've had to accept, um, what I struggle to accept, which is I need rest and that yes, creativity comes from rest and I, I give it to myself in small doses, but on occasions, a sustained period of rest is needed um and thus, i know that this period will allow me to just really just think about how everything is being done to actually get get my head out of the trench completely um and to just just stop just stop and think is this the way i would suggest someone else do it mm Now, within our positions, we we often use the metaphor of we're in the trenches, but in reality, our trench is a war room strategy board where other people are actually implementing many of our plans. But we we still feel like we're in the trenches. So if we can improve the, the, the quality of our thinking in that time period, as does the improvement of the quality of everyone else's output, um, so, linking to the idea of joy, my wife will want more time. I would want more time. Um, maybe I'm projecting that onto her because that's definitely what I would want. I would want greater time, I'm linking to happiness, um, mm. and increased output, linking to happiness. Mm. In terms of joy, that that's already almost ring fenced, protected. And what I'm trying to add on top of it is just increased happiness. Let me see greater outcomes around me. Because internally, I know that <laughs> if it all stopped and I had to go back to the boys sound on Oakham Road, it would be painful. But mm. there's a a piece. And I'm surprised we've been going 40 minutes, but I haven't mentioned that word that that. That there's a peace there. That yes, it might mm. not be what I want or deeply desire, but I'm at peace with it. And for me, that largely comes through from a, from a spiritual standpoint that um, I, I do not necessarily feel that I am the sole architect. And I do not necessarily feel that it all boils down to me. And in many respects, it sounds wild. I do not necessarily feel that what I have, which often for many people is a key indicator of their happiness or their joy, is mine, but that I'm mm. stewarding it. I'm, I'm stewarding my my family, my resources. Um, I'm stewarding these assets. So if I'm stewarding it, the question is who am I stewarding it for and who mm. benefits from it? And thus we go from that Inward focus of happiness, me, 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 increase my happiness to this is actually meant to be a a conduit for other people. And that was that Mm. moment. Many psychologists do this. They they try to help people who've gone through really traumatic events to focus on someone else. Yeah. We spoke previously about the joy happiness, which is currently um, just radiating through the country because of the the nation's success and that unifying feeling of joy. It is a distraction. Yeah. Um, Now that's not to say it's purely a placebo, but what that distraction does over a prolonged period of time is it helps you to put things into perspective. It wasn't that deep. (laughs) You didn't die. Or you are still alive. Now, again, those statements can sound really insensitive for those who have lost loved ones, for those who have lost great things um, of great value to them. However, it encourages us to see that if we are still here, there is something that we can still give.
0: Um, And this is why I think the, the concept of the pursuit... Of happiness can be quite damaging it's down to that last point which is we are going to experience hardship Mm -hmm. in our lives it is guaranteed we will experience difficulty and trauma nobody goes through life without it Um, and so the pressure to be happy brought on by the world brought on by social media um, is very destructive Because Mm -hmm. what if you do have a bereavement, what if you are grieving and the world is telling you subconsciously that you need to be happy, then you are going to feel conflicted. Whereas when we're talking about joy, we're not talking about some fleeting emotion, as you said, based on external events, we're talking about an inner peace Mm -hmm. which we can strive for even during the most difficult times Um, and having joy as a foundation is like building your house, um, on a strong foundation rather than building your house on quicksand. Because if you've got that gratitude as your foundation, um, that inner peace as your foundation, then you're not going to be rocked by heavy winds or storms, you, you, you'll be, you'll, you'll be sorrowful. You'll be sad. You'll be, um, melancholy at times. But your default state will be one of of comfort, of of gratitude, of relishing the opportunity, of purpose, and I think we can all aspire to that, regardless of where we are. Definitely. Um, there's that quote, and I'm probably going to butcher it. I don't know where it comes from. It's one of those like. Meme quotes that people uh, um, ascribe to all manner of people. One minute Muhammad Ali says it. One minute is Einstein. One minute is MLK. Um, but that the quote is, um, if you can't change your circumstances, change your mindset. Yes. Yeah. And I think that is true to an extent. It doesn't mean being um, ignorant to the challenges that you face. But appreciating that there are some things that you cannot change linked to the serenity prayer as well, I guess.
1: Definitely. And the idea of what you can actually control. Mm -hmm. Um, You can control your thoughts. We can choose what we think about. For for many, they might be wondering, why on earth um, (laughs) would expensive lessons be speaking about this? And I think to explicitly answer that question, it's as entrepreneurs, many of us, it the very core are pursuing increased happiness um building upon our joy and in that pursuit of increased happiness through potential financial freedom or through um increased service within our communities there will be challenges challenges Mm. which can make you physically ill i've been there i'm not someone who gets ill but the world of entrepreneurship has made me ill. Um, yeah. So when that does happen, there needs to be something that you can rest on. Because if you can't, that's when we do have the cases of people pushed to extreme actions. Because the, the, their core foundation isn't there. So whilst you're building your business in 30 days and you're ensuring you're doing your due diligence and your, your product validation, everything, that that internal development and review and audit is also necessary. Are you built for this? Which sounds like something people would say really hard, but generally, are, not offensively, are you built for it? And if the answer is yep. no, how can you build yourself for it? Because we, we mm. need to be built for it.
0: What brings peace? What brings peace? Yeah, I, I think if you're an entrepreneur asking why we're talking about joy, I'd probably ask you, why did you decide to become an entrepreneur and not just go down the nine to five route? What were you pursuing? What were the reasons? Um, there are many reasons why you might, but I'd say many of them would probably be linked to your purpose you believe that you had a purpose to fulfill and maybe a more traditional career pathway wouldn't allow you to fulfill that purpose. Mm. So in taking a step into the entrepreneurial world, you're taking a, a step closer to fulfilling your purpose and therefore a step closer to you know, unyielding un, un, un joy.
1: That's
0: powerful. I've enjoyed this one, no pun intended. I think it's useful to to almost take a step back and ask yourself the question. This isn't just for for us, but for everybody listening. Why are you doing it? Yeah. Because as silly as it may sound, we find ourselves in habit sometimes and don't even know how we got there. And if we don't ask ourselves that question, why am I doing this? Um. Then we may find that we just sleepwalk through life and we wake up and we're 17. We never did that thing yes. or those things that were really meaningful to us. The things that we continue to put off because we needed to do one more year of, of building or one more year of shaping or developing. Yep. You know, um, it was Elon Musk who who made a statement, which I think is also something which resonates with me, which is consider what you want to achieve in 10 years and work out how you can do it in six months.
1: Nice. Nice. Final thoughts, bro? My final thoughts will take us on a tangent and it's a question which I'm currently thinking about. Which is for your question of why are you doing this? Um, I would encourage people to meet the people that they admire and to ask them that question twice. Because on the first occasion, they'll be taken back a little bit, even if they're a critically reflecting person, and they'll give you a response. But they might give you the, the, the iceberg the, above the water. Ask them again, why are you actually doing this? And I ask that because randomly the brain works in mysterious ways. On a few occasions, I've been thinking about Jordan, as in Michael Jordan, The Last Dance, and Mm. why he did what he did. Beyond just wanting to be the best, why did he actually want to be the best? I think we could have fascinating conversations if we actually ask people who we admire, who we feel are actually executing, who we feel have this great sense of happiness or joy, um, why they do what they do more than once. Because mm. it then simplifies life. Because life's ever complicated. And social media makes it yep. even more complicated. Let's get to the very core. What was it? Because having admired him as an athlete, And being fascinated with him as a man. I don't know that answer to that question. There are people who know all the stats about him. They'll know what he did when he did it. But do they know the answer to that question?
0: And do you know the answer to your question? If somebody asked that same question to you. How would you respond? It's a perfect place to end on. I'd like people to reflect on that and write a 100-page... No. Um, (laughs) But as always, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been an episode of Expensive Lessons um, where company directors share with you the fruit of their labour, the lessons that they've learned over um, a growing number of years of, of entrepreneurship and being leaders for others. Husbands, etc., and yeah, we just really hope that we're sharing with you something that you can take away and something that adds value to your life. Come on, England! Um, Most of you who are listening to this will have found out the score. I'm rooting for them 100%. And yeah, really would like to see what England looks like if if we uh, if we consider ourselves winners as opposed to uh, just perpetual losers. And we may do another episode on that. What does a winning mindset look like? Mm. Um, But from me, thank you for listening. Thank you for your time. Have a fantastic week. Stay blessed. And we look forward to you joining us next time.
1: Take care, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye.